welcome to Women Tech Talk and thanks for joining us. I'm Valentina, co-founder of MicroSearch, a niche tech recruitment company that focuses on helping startups to SME businesses scale successful tech teams that are building innovative products. We've created the initiative because we want to change the diversity and gender gap for women within the tech industry. So we want to show young women and women already within the workforce and women thinking of their next career step, why tech needs them. We've interviewed women within the variety of different backgrounds and sectors that are already within the tech world, all the way from C-level to founders to HR and people management to developers and engineers and product owners as well to hear about their journeys and discuss all things tech and why they think more females should join the tech industry. So let's begin. and welcome to another episode and thanks a lot for joining us. I am super excited about this week's guest. We are joined by the lovely Mia Wahala who has been heading up HR departments at the companies that she's been working at during the last few years. Her journey into tech is actually a pretty unique one and I'm quite keen to dive in a little bit deeper into it. She's got a degree in law um, and after university she actually went into art and then found her way into tech when she moved to Berlin and discovered the startup ecosystem. So we explore how she transitioned, what that experience was like, and learning a little bit more about the journey of scaling up a startup from scratch as well. Hi Mia, thanks a lot for joining me. How are you today? I'm really good. Thank you for making the time for this. I'm super excited to dig in. Yeah, same here. Um, so yeah, for, for our listeners that are currently um, listening to this episode, Give us a little bit of introduction on yourself. What are you currently doing at the moment? And yeah, wh where are you in this moment in time? Yeah, sure. So um, at the moment, I'm in sunny Berlin, which which is amazing for, I mean, it's been a long winter. We've all been bunkered in, inside for quite a long time. So I feel like now it's it's really time to like go outside and enjoy the sunshine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, exactly. And then, um, yeah, Berlin, Berlin's been my base for the past six years. I, I came here from London and um, kind of fell into the whole tech scene. And hence, this talk is quite relevant because, um, as we discussed earlier, you know, there's a lot of cool things going on at the moment. And um, yeah, excited to explore those. OK, amazing. So you moved, you said you moved uh, to uh, from Berlin uh, to Berlin from London. Um, mm -hmm. So what were you actually doing in London beforehand then? Give us a little bit of context and backstory of, of your previous journey yeah um well I think I think out of uh I definitely wouldn't describe my my past as like a straight line um I guess that's also what makes it interesting because um it's just a proof that you really can jump from different industries um sometimes it feels like they were polar opposites to each other um so I actually started uh, I studied law and have a law degree um and decided at some point that really wasn't my thing um and I think it's that kind of early thing when you're when you're younger and you kind of want to optimize for what what society considers like the thing to do. And both my parents were lawyers, so I was like, well, that looks like a smart thing. Um, but then I guess when you know life throws you in different places, um, you kind of start following a bit, maybe maybe a bit more of your heart where that pulls you. Yeah. Um, so I actually kind of overcorrected maybe to something else, which was was the art world. Um, so again, very very different. Had a, had a stint of working in that. And then again, from there, um, kind of 
as I came to Berlin. Um, I guess it was the first job I had here was a bit of a hybrid, but really the sort of tech scene kind of sucked me in um, and, and I've been very happy in in here since. So um, yeah. What, what an amazing transition going from law from law to art and then from art to tech. So it's just like literally just like completely, completely different. And that is actually really fascinating. So you, you said the startup scene sucked you in. So explain a little bit more in terms of that context. Like how did you even yeah find out about startups how did you even sort of like get into obviously that scene in the first place when you actually moved into Berlin because there's, yeah. there's a lot of noise in that space right at the moment and in in general so yeah it is a big buzzword exactly. <laughs> yeah yeah um, actually actually it's funny enough because I think like at the time I was like oh my god this is so different like I'm I've come from the arts like what has this got to do with it but actually the more I think about how artists and creators designers like how they work um actually the more i see similarities with how let's say entrepreneurs or you know any any founders or anyone creating something new like how they operate and how their brain is wired and and maybe that was kind of the bridge in that i actually got fascinated by uh going into tech is just a little bit more future looking um and sort of for me felt like a little bit more innovative um than um maybe some more kind of historical um art mm -hmm. art scene there but um yeah i think the whole kind of like the fact that you're trying to you're in an arena you're kind of trying to create something that's not been done before and um artists do that too so it's it's kind of like i feel like anyone working in tech and you know coders to product managers to designers to whatever like it's all kind of similar the similar path so it actually wasn't such a huge jump on hindsight at the time it did feel like that though um and how i got to answer your question like how i got sucked into it i guess it was just sort of uh we were in london at the time and a bunch of us friends were kind of heading towards um berlin and sort of uh there's a lot of like new stuff to discover in the city and it kind of berlin has that momentum at the moment i think in our age there's a few kind of bigger bubbles where, where things are really happening. Berlin definitely in Europe being one of them. Um, so at the time, like just having finished uni and had your first jobs and stuff, like we were all as a group of friends, like super excited about joining that that wave or riding that wave in, in Berlin. Um, and that's kind of the whole sucking, being sucked into it <laughs> um, for, for me. Okay, great. I think I think um, you, you hit the nail on the head there because I come from a very similar background in terms of like, theater arts and everything like that and probably people that have listened to this podcast think yes Valentina we know um but it's just it's just one of those things where when I actually got into tech as well I underrated like how much creativity is actually in tech as well um and I think so like the more than you started talking to the designers the more you actually worked together with the developers you actually knew that it's not just as you said so like going in coding and doing all of that and having you know a technical background it really is about understanding you know how to make things a little bit more simplistic for the user how to you know put certain elements and areas in it to actually create you know a, a software or a product whatever it is that they are obviously doing um and it can actually become very it is a very creative industry and i think um yeah that, that's, that's quite that's quite an interesting perspective to be honest um from, from my part, I, have, I haven't had to like anybody compare it but when you actually think about it it's like yeah th there is just so much creativity on that part and i think um a lot of it also also draws other people from different industries into it because there's just so much you can do within tech it's not just mm -hmm. like a, 
a one tunnel vision type thing. There's just so many different, you know, um, avenues that you can really go down to. So that's that's amazing. Um, mm. So when you relocated, obviously, to Berlin, startup scene, everything's like hustle bustle, it's all cool. Um, how did you then land your first job? Um, yeah, that was actually, <laughs> actually quite funny how, um, so where I went to school, I went to school in Belgium in a European school, um, which, which, I mean, it's the same concept as an international school, not to, not to make, go into too much of the details here, but um, essentially what I think the biggest gift of that school is like, A, we grew up with like just a ton of nationalities around us and, you know, you ended up having friends everywhere um, as a result, um, so every time uh, you know, I, I'd visit, I don't know, Portugal, I have Portuguese friends and I can, you know, hit somebody up and be like, hey, no, I'm like, we were in school together, da da da. <laughs> um, and kind of a similar thing happened also with Berlin. So I actually, my first job, I got through uh, linking up with an old school friend of mine and she kind of made an introduction. And then that kind of through there, it always went through contact. So each, each jump or transition I made came through sort of a, a network or a kind of community of, of people that grew from that initial start of the, the school connection. <laughs> okay, interesting. And um, when you then started, so it's a little bit different in terms of like being connected, you know, having people in that community, but it's a completely different process right, when you're actually at the interview processes, trying to then figure out, is this what I want to do? Is this a company that I, I like? Um, how did you actually then find that transition in terms of like the actual interview stages? Did you think, okay, mm -hmm. Is this quite cool? Did you think, oh my God, like, is this actually something that I want to do? Because it's quite overwhelming. Like, what was your initial sort of like, yeah, emotional reaction to it really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess, I guess one thing that's really always been something I've carried with me is that I, I follow good people um, mm -hmm. and sort of uh, really listening to a gut instinct, I guess, of like, this person seems like a, an interesting and also, you know, has more, the same moral values as I do and, and sort of working principles, I guess. Um, you figure out what those are for yourself too over time but um, there was always this sort of great compass that I, I wanted to follow and of course you make mistakes I've also you know uh, not uh, managed to like listen to what I actually felt at the time um, the feeling was there but I just chose not to listen to it for whatever reason um, so I think I think that's kind of the one thing that I've tried to definitely like keep up now uh, as I'm searching for my next steps um, I think in every transition I've had here in Berlin, it's, it was very much like the red thread there was the people. Mm -hmm. um, and the latest latest sort of bulk of, of what I had as an experience here in Berlin, um, that definitely rang true. I mean, the company was quite an early stage when I joined. So there was not, you could, I couldn't say like, oh, because of their great achievements or, you know, they have this brand uh, in, the, in the market that's, that's really out there. Um, it was just really more, I was really impressed with the people who were running it, so. Amazing, yeah, because because at the moment, we, we've got sort of like situations where we're working with companies that are very sort of like early startups where they are just hiring their teams now. Like you've, the founders got funding and everything and now it's like, right, okay, where can we find the developers? Where can we sort of like put like a HR process in place and stuff? And I think um, when it comes to then, then putting their first job ads out and trying to get that attraction, as you said, there is, they don't have that well-known brand in the industry yet. They're just starting out. So it's like, what can set them apart compared to obviously their competitors, which might be two, three mm. years, you know, in front of them. Um, and I actually personally do think the people part of it is the most important thing because that's what attracts you to be like, actually, they've got quite a big vision. They've got, you know, I, I know what they want to achieve and I actually, you know, agree with their values and stuff. I think 
yeah if you're if you're a startup and you, you don't have that um ability to connect with people from the beginning I think you'll you'll struggle um personally yeah. that's all like from experiences because yeah I've worked with startups that have you know are doing great I've worked with startups that you know in, in the next six months didn't do so well and it was really yeah. when it came down to it it was about the type of culture that they were trying to create it's like don't try and create a culture once you've got your team like have the vision of what you want to create beforehand and then hire the people to do that like I don't know what your what your thoughts are on it but that's sort of like how I see it from my perspective yeah I think it's I mean it's with everything right like when you're also in like a friend context when you're dating for that matter like you kind of need to know what you stand for and what you believe in mm -hmm. um and then and then you know once you start kind of radiating that out I think you will also attract the right kind of people because your messaging you're like the how you speak about the company or what you focus on like your actions all of that will kind of mirror back I think it, it gets a little trickier if you haven't taken a moment to sort of think about it doesn't have to be a super complicated process of like you know defining core values for three months and you know making this whole it just really is like you know the behaviors and the kind of how you want the the working everyday routines to be like and what what you want to promote what you want to demote within the company and those things will kind of all reflect uh, or should be reflected in how you speak externally like the that authenticity should be there um of course sometimes it's not and then you need to really think about why that is but let's assume it is uh, i think i think then you'll attract the right people and then you know when it comes to the sort of hiring uh, processes and stuff. I also think these don't need to be like super overcomplicated. I think it quickly becomes you start over over optimizing on having like a perfect process. The process is super super important, of course, just to kind of keep track of like the many emails and you know not not for it to explode into this big chaos. Um, but ultimately, I, I do think that if you know what you stand for and you kind of interact with other people, you, it becomes like a vibe check, like a big vibe check. And yes, not everyone will fit into your hiring pipeline because from the very nature of how you're building the team, it needs to be exclusive. Like not everyone is going to fit in. Um, but yeah, it's I, I think that kind of, uh, yeah, I don't know. Overall. Yeah. yeah, no, no, I, I, completely, I completely get that. <clears throat> I think so like, yeah, overcomplicating it really is where um, some companies really do struggle because they need they think that right the first interview needs to be like you know every that person if if that person doesn't check every single personality trait that we've got they're not going to be mm -hmm. fit and it's like that's a little bit difficult because how are you going to know like of course the first interaction is 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 their chemistry is their connection and if there is it's like okay great but they don't need to fit every single personality trait. It's like, because then you're just creating an, an environment or a culture that's the same as you. Like oh, yeah. one mind, like, you know, same mindset, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, same thought process. And it's a little bit like, so you're not really going to be creating then a diverse type of environment as, as the company starts to scale. So it is about, it doesn't need to be perfect. It's, do they have like, you know, their attitude, do, are they shown in terms of like that them? interested in actually growing with you like are they passionate about what you're even talking mm -hmm. about um if those things fit in skills and stuff like that can be taught right um yeah. and as the interview processes go on then you'll start seeing different sides to people they open up a little bit more because they become a little bit more comfortable but if you go in there with this whole interrogation type um traditional shall i say interview style where you know you're the manager and you're like right i'm gonna ask you all the questions and you're gonna answer them and then i'll, I'll be the one to check if it fits it's like well, hang on a second no like yeah. surely surely you want people to also challenge you and ask you questions because it's 
your company that you're also trying to sell to them like of course it, it's about are they going to be fit to you but what about you know are they curious to learn about your company are they asking questions what the team setup is going to be like um again understanding sort of like their perspective of what they're looking for because i think sometimes companies are falling into these traps where it has been very much of a manager interviewee type thing is like well no actually the candidates can also become the interviewers and mm -hmm. yeah you forget it's like a two-way conversation exactly. and it's also i think on that on that sort of culture fit versus i think there's a lot of like talk about culture fit versus culture ad mm -hmm. um i was listening to a talk the other day and it's actually a really good point because it's not to do with like i also don't think like teams should be like diversity absolutely but then there needs to be a sort of some sort of alignment in terms of like how you like to work and then there needs to be some overlap in in those kind of the practical things um what you obviously want is that people are like solving really difficult problems and there's lots of like diverse thinking of how you can solve those problems but you're still aligned in terms of like you know how i don't know how to those underlying values are still kind of aligned um, and that you believe in the same level of, I don't know, freedom to to explore different ideas, et cetera. Like these kind of things I need, I need to be aligned, but culture fit, I think we also, like you said, we, we definitely also fall into trap in one dimension of like grilling the interviewee, um, that's, that's one. But then it's also kind of like, you wanna have, it's a two-way conversation and you also want, I don't know, people to, grow with you and like like yeah like you said like grow, growing with the organization um and i i think if you don't allow them to kind of also quiz you back then maybe you miss out on a lot of opportunities there um yeah because because i think as well um when it when it comes to people asking you questions back you know i've had i've had conversations with candidates where they've asked you know the managers and stuff that i work with questions about the company that they haven't even thought about, you know, um, and they're like, well, actually, hang on a second. Yeah, that, that's actually quite a good point. Because um, mm -hmm. it can also become like a feedback session in terms of like, how is somebody else perceiving your company? How are they perceiving in terms of like what you're trying to achieve? Um, yeah. And that's why I think sometimes people miss the trick there because it's like, the more conversations you have and the more open you can actually be instead of having that, you know, as I said, sort of that traditional approach of no, I'm going to interview you. Um, you're missing out on actually understanding how, as I said, your company is being perceived by others, because I think that's so important, especially if you're trying to obviously attract talent globally, whether it's, you know, or locally, whatever it is, um, you need to be able to have people that have got different mindsets and different trails of thought in different ways, because then you're just not going to know how to improve, you know, forget obviously understanding what your customers want. It's like, understand what your employees what your employees see first of all um is there something that they can you know that they think should change to make it a little bit better or you know be more inclusive or whatever um and i think that's that's quite an uh, yeah that's been quite interesting especially i think over the, as he says so like there's been a lot of talk about culture fit and culture ad and everything like that but it's like yeah but how what does that even mean like sometimes people mm -hmm. just use buzzwords it's like yeah we've got great got a great you know we're creating a really good culture it's like okay well what does that mean how are you creating a good culture i haven't um, even like thought about those like what exactly you stand for and like what you actually do like what does your calendar look like where like that's quite indicative of where you where you spend your time and like what you value is like how your calendar looks like which obviously reflects like mm -hmm. your general culture i think it's also like really easy to when when we're interviewing we obviously see the parts a we see the parts that we want to see in a person um 
because you know you kind of this confirmation bias and and then you 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 really click with people who are similar to you which obviously i mean there's good parts to that too but you kind of want to not overdo it because then like you say you get this kind of like clone culture that's not maybe fit to solve complex problems because you just have that one perspective times mm -hmm. or 50 or whatever um and i think that's also really tricky to kind of catch yourself like i think a a good interviewer, a yes, has the ability to listen and kind of zoom out of their self themselves um, and catch themselves like, hey, I, I know that this is something I personally really love in a person, but is this something that really like the organization would benefit from and kind of having that a little bit of a zoom out. Um, wow, is this really something that we kind of need uh, in addition to to the requirements, this this type of persona, how they approach like are they how they approach problems are they optimistic or are they like always kind of victimizing themselves like what what are the different um traits that i'm seeing and and not kind of trying to catch yourself as well when you see like oh well you know he went to a i went to an ivy league school and he went to an ivy league school so he must be great you know or yeah. she must be great. um yeah we tend to i feel like we tend to do that yeah we, we would no definitely and i just said so like it's one of those things where um, yeah, when somebody obviously connects with you or you have sort of like similarities, it's like, oh, great, you know, you've got, I've got something in common, you know, but we're going to get on really well. But it's like, okay, sounds cool. How do we get else? together? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. It's like, first day, woohoo, uh, pals. And it's like, okay, that's great. But it's like, you know, what about other people that you're missing out on that don't perhaps have those similarities, but perhaps, you know, as you get to know them, you find out a little bit more about maybe, you know, it, again, it, it comes to like, do they actually share the same values? Is that what you, you know, is that something that you actually hold more dear or do you need that person that it just instantly you're like oh great yeah oh you went to an art school oh, I'm into art as well and you know vice versa um, mm -hmm. and sort of like the Ivy League school things as well oh my god like I, I can't even begin to explain to you how many conversations I've had like with HR managers or um, hiring managers that have been like okay well, we're looking for people within these specific universities or these and it's like why like what somebody else is going to come from a different university or you know um institute going to not give to you that like this person can it's like it's literally a name on a cv personally i think and sometimes if you're if you're already um yeah i've got not like intentional discrimination parts of it but if you've already got these ideas in your head that you're not yeah. going to really be looking at people from other universities or, or backgrounds it's like you've already just you, you, you just let yourself down and your organization down because it's like it's a, it's a little bit of a kind of maybe it's a bit of a laziness um you know you get and i totally get it right like you're so overwhelmed if you're in a kind of hr recruiting position you get like you know this it, it is a, a tough tough line of work in that sense like you, you do get kind of um overwhelmed sometimes but like you have so many amazing profiles out there and like so much talent and like how do you make the selection now and, and then you have a lot of like different stakeholders pulling you in different directions wanting different things and they always want the top of the market and then, yeah of course you know it's the easy easy way out i guess a little bit to kind of look at names so to say um well i do think i do think sometimes like looking at kind of where the person a like looking at the turning points of like why why somebody take a, took a turn to a versus b or you know why they left a job why they started somewhere else why they tried uh, starting their own company or why that didn't work out how they kind of dealt with that I think those turning points are always interesting um, and seeing how they kind of handled uh, challenges what their resilience was like and I think those are a lot of like important ingredients if you if you want to join an early stage uh, company or a growing company um, you need a lot of resilience um, 
So yeah, we always we always looked at that um, in interviews. Yeah, I, I think I think from the resilience part, yeah. I mean, if you're going into a startup and you don't know that there's going to be lot, you know, risks involved, it, it could be really successful, it could not be successful. But in terms of like, you know, when things go wrong, you need to really be able to react to it quite fast, right? It's one of those things you can't just sit back and be like, you know um going introvertly and then start like you know prying or stressing because it's like that's it's not going to help anybody um so yeah you definitely have to be one of those people that are like yeah if things aren't going well okay great okay well not great but like you know what can i do now who can i talk to what can we actually right now you know get together and actually sort of like talk through in terms of as, as a team's perspective um i had like a I, I did a post the other day where um I'd spoken to a company and he was like, okay, well, we're currently hiring for X, Y, Z. I was like, okay, great. Going through obviously the job specs and everything like that. And then at the end he was like, okay, yeah. And we only want like, um, you know, women or only want people from these types of ethnicities or backgrounds. And I said, okay. Um, I was like, so what's the purpose behind it? And he's like, well, you know, we just want to diversify our culture a little bit. And I said, okay, like why? Explain to me a little bit like, you know, what's you know what's provoking this um because it's always good to understand their intentions and motivations behind it because a lot of people are oh yeah we want to diversify but they don't really believe it or, or actually want to do it but they just do it anyway and he said his response and i kid you not was literally well because everyone at the moment is diversifying mm-hmm. and i said right okay but i was like so okay so you're doing it because other companies are talking about it or you're doing it because you actually think this is going to be an important step to make obviously your company go to the next to the next stage and he was like well you know it's, it's one of those things where yeah we would just want like to attract the best talent and stuff and everybody's at the moment doing it so um we want to also get people from you know these backgrounds but and he literally spoke like that and i was just a bit like right okay well this isn't this isn't going to work and and i sort of like broke it down to him i was like the minute you start doing something just because Mm. is the minute that the cracks are going to, to show because if you do end up hiring more females if you do end up hiring you know people from different ethnicities religions countries whatever it is that you want to obviously promote and you don't actually live and breathe that it's going to become so apparent because you're not going to treat everybody the same you're not going to you know people aren't going to have those, those um yeah quotation marks like um equal opportunities where they can you know uh, present ideas or, or put their, th- their thoughts forward etc because you're going to be like hey well no next because your actual what was important to you is a company that you've already created that is you know n- n- no offense to them but very sort of like male and white dominated and stuff and, and it's like so you just doing things just because to diversify that's not what diversity is you've got to really like truly believe it and he was really like taken back by and I was like, I was like I'm not trying to offend you I'm just trying to actually give you somebody's perspective of what you're currently doing because it's not going to last um and then he was like yeah okay well blah 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 and then we sort of like, kind of like spoke it out but I, I was just like oh, I'm not going to be the right person to help you because it just doesn't it doesn't align with what I believe and, and my values and morals with this and he was like okay well you know there's plenty of other recruiters out there I'm like I'm sure there is plenty of other recruit there are plenty of other recruiters I would just say yes to a job spec and then you know just fill it just because but for me it was it no um, I, I was just I, I couldn't um and that, from, but that was like a massive eye opener because it's like made me think I need to dig a little bit deeper and deeper when companies do obviously come to us and say, you know, we've seen that you've been doing a podcast or we've seen that you're doing this and this and this. We want to obviously bring more females in. And it's like, okay, now actually I need to understand your why, because if you can't give me a legitimate and reasonable why, then it's just, it's not going to work. Because at the end of the day, you're also placing your candidates in their hands, right? And if you don't believe that they're going to be, the right fit for them why would you do that 
like why um they're, they're going to end up leaving in, in you know six six months time to a year and then you're, you're back you're back at square one again um so from your perspective like are there any particular sort of like trends that you've been seeing in terms of trying to get more females into into tech or you know diversifying your teams and stuff like how did you how did you guys even sort of like manage it in your you know throughout mm -hmm. your career um to try and yeah. get a mix Mm, I think, you know, honestly, like, maybe I'm, I don't know, maybe it sounds a bit naive, but I feel like, I feel like currently it's like never been easier, so to say, to like, I feel like there's so much positive change happening in this whole kind of gender equality space, like, it, it, I feel like a lot of, if we look at like, even our parents' generation, one, one generation back, and the kind of, or even look at like a typical 90s sitcom or something, I feel like, I feel like just the way we approach this whole gender topic is like I, I I doubt that we'll be going backwards somehow. Like it feels like the ball's already rolled so far. Of course, of course, there's always more things we can be doing, and I definitely think there's loads of space for improvement. I'm not saying like things are perfect now, but I think it's just if you look at the overall trajectory where we're going, um, I do feel like you know women starting companies or also people from like different backgrounds. Mm -hmm. There there are much more. There's much more openness and sort of support out there and people are really kind of aware of it and, and that's come because yeah. you know people before us have worked really hard to make that happen um and people have felt the pain and you know there's been a lot of injustice in these sort of things and i'm, I'm certainly i mean i'm no as a kind of uh, white middle class lady here yeah. like who am I to say anything about you know, i haven't felt those pain points um i guess the only maybe the only experience i've had with like uh, when you come into when you're not from a specific country um, and there's those little subtle cultural differences where you always you are always a little bit of an outsider um, and and you know I can only imagine that for people who have like even even more like hurdles from you know family backgrounds there's been kind of things pulling you back because you've had to take care of I don't know families and etc like all of those things like I can only imagine how hard that is um, but still overall the overall trend I think is like in a positive direction and I think I also noticed uh, definitely there were some roles um, that it was very challenging to find like a diverse pool of talent in um, but I think it also came down to like hey maybe it was also my own bad like maybe I didn't work hard enough to kind of really reach out to those different profiles maybe internally we should have like taken a moment to really take stock of like who are we who are we trying to attract here what is our messaging what is our kind of brand resonate with like and why um and those are like quite hard conversations to have um but they should be held and and i think we didn't always do a great job at that it's it's in in all the companies that we you know especially in the early days where a lot of your talent comes from referrals um and you know you're by nature you know similar people to yourself so obviously the first recruits that you have are going to be quite um, similar to you so diversity in that sense is not going to be like if we're talking about kind of background and education and so on it's going to be like quite similar um, but you still want to like build the foundational pillars of a really great and diverse um, organization later on so you do need to like think about that even in those early days um, mm -hmm. when maybe it doesn't feel so uh, crucial because you you know you are filling some of the roles that are on the hiring plan etc and I think, I think we definitely, for some roles, you know, like what initiatives we took, definitely it also starts with like, I don't know how you even phrase your job specs, mm -hmm. you know, what kind of words you use there and like how they, what kind of image that builds and how, they, how it's going to attract certain type of candidates. 
um, or balancing balancing inbound applicants with like active search and like really targeting a specific type of, of persona where we knew that you know hey we don't have enough girls on the team women on the team like we need to we need to add a few and active search can like be a really powerful tool to counterbalance that um, but I think it all like it all also starts from that conversation of understanding like who you want to be who you are right now are there any gaps like you should have some aspirational goals and there's always things you can I don't think you're ever going to have like a perfect team there's always going to be initiatives or lacks or you know uh, you could always add more uh, a more diverse um, pool of, of people um, into, into your hiring pipeline. So it's like an ongoing process and you can just, as long as you're having those tough conversations, I think you're already, you know, doing more than, <laughs> than many because um, um, they can get, yeah, it can get uncomfortable, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think it's all about, um, you know, from what you're, you're saying, I think it's like what I'm getting from it, it's about taking that initial first step, right? Whether it's with a hiring manager, whether it's, you know, with, with a CTO or, you know, CEO of the company, whoever it is. Um, and if, for example, you yourself think, actually, no, we need to actually bring in a little bit more, or, you know, different backgrounds into it, you know, try and actually, you know, close the gender gap with it within our company, then this is sort of like the areas that we need to really focus on. Um, but I think sometimes, again, it, it's that awkward, um, yeah, that awkward, hard conversation, right? It's like, well, how can I, how can I bring this up without, you know, coming across like I'm just trying to, you know, uh, do this whole women power thing. Um, and again, so like, again, you know, dip, dip, bringing in different backgrounds because it, it you, you want it to come across that, like, um, you know, what, what, what benefits is it going to have to the company, first of all, and what benefits is it also going to have within the actual teams as well? Because I think the more inclusive, you know, teams become, um, again, it, it goes back to that conversation that we were having earlier on about mindsets and people's perceptions on things. Because some, you know, it, it, for example, you know, you, uh, you know, as I said, so like your middle class white woman, you haven't sort of like really, um, you know, felt any discrimination or anything like that, which is which is quite, you know, amazing. But there are people that have gone through that part of it and things that they would have gone through that have taught them things that perhaps me and you will never be able to to yeah understand or, or know a, a little bit from, from that part so it's, again it's about the more different people that you actually have within your teams and, and the more you're trying to diversify whether it's the gender gap whether it's you know um people from you know different um yeah you know lgtb lgtb communities i'll, I'll try to say that so quickly um, and <laughs> also, also you know um, different religions and stuff it's every single person's perspective and experience that that's that's what a perspective is right somebody experiences that people have also gone through and how they see the world and how they see the teams and how they see a particular subject that you actually discuss and i think the more we actually try and do do that the, the more it is going to become better um and i think you know when you spoke about the whole it's not going to go back in time i don't think we'll ever go back in time where you know things are going to become go go with steps back again you know it's always just male dominated or anything like that and I think there's a lot happening right now where people are talking about it. I think especially over the last year and a half to be honest there's been a lot more talk a lot more communities appearing a lot more um yeah people actually just being brave enough to speak out about it um during covid and I think I don't know if it's one of those things where you're at home and you feel like you can actually express yourself because you're not there with your colleagues physically, or if it's just one of those things where actually people have had enough because they just need they need um, to be heard as well. But I think yeah, I don't think we're ever sort of like going to go going to go back from from our perspective either. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, if if somebody was to ask you in terms of like why do you think 
you know, more women or people from different backgrounds should actually join tech? Like, what would be your initial reaction to that? Like, why why would you recommend somebody in the tech industry, whether they're coming out of university, transitioning, or just you know not knowing what they want to do for their next for their next step? Mm. Um, well, I guess I think the amazing thing about um, kind of working in a future looking field and I guess it's so big because like what is actually you have to like think about what actually is this whole tech thing that we're what 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 does that even mean um I think I think the the amazing thing is that this space is so versatile I mean you have everything from like e-commerce to you know services or it, it it's so versatile that I think there's there's something for everyone so it doesn't actually matter like if you look at myself I, I had a very mixed background I there was no kind of hurdles just because I didn't have you know a an engineering background or whatever it didn't mean that I couldn't enter work in a company that you know had engineers in it or something like that you know it's like I think it's I think that's an amazing thing that it does open up opportunities for anyone and also the roles within such companies there's so many new roles that have come up in the past 10 years like there's because of that constant future looking innovative space like you have a lot of um different different types of responsibilities merging and and it kind of I feel like it's in constant evolution which means that I also think it like opens up a lot of opportunities for different people if you just kind of care to be curious and you know you're willing to or you can work with like a certain level of uncertainty um and I think that's that's something that if, if you have an appetite for that I think it's, it's a space that's or an industry or kind of uh, an area that's welcome for everyone and and that's amazing um and it's also not kind of bound by i mean the fact that it's like sort of in a way scalable throughout different countries um also means that from an international perspective like nationalities aren't a border either you can kind of you can work in nigeria you can work in finland you can work in the us um and 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 find opportunities also across those countries so you know you can work for a nigerian company even though you're not based there and and kind of a lot of these doors of course comes down to what you actually how you actually want to work that's a different thing but um if you're generally interested and want to start off in that like in the tech space i think that that kind of multitude of opportunities if you're just willing to learn and, and deal with a certain level of uncertainty it's it's amazing um like opportunities are endless basically <laughs> yeah and, and and it's also one of those things it's like it's not just you know a software company or a tech company it's not just developers right there's like marketing departments there's operations there's hr there's like you know finance the sales and there's all these other areas that make up a tech company so as i said it's not just about you um needing that engineering degree and if you did want to go into engineering there's so many amazing boot camps now as well that you mm -hmm. can sign up to for for free or for very little money that people where people are trying to obviously bring more diversity into the space because yeah that they, they they want more um yeah more of a mix of people in it and i, and I think it's one of those industries as i said that there's every that there's everything for everybody regardless whether you know whatever sector you're in um and, and i think that that for me that is actually called the beauty of tech um so yeah mm -hmm. thanks thanks a lot for sharing so what's going to be next for you in terms of your career or your future or, you know where are you kind of like heading towards yeah i guess i guess it's you know like i said there's a multitude of opportunities so i'm i'm definitely right now in transition um just having wrapped up one one opportunity and, and transitioning into a new one so i can't actually share too much right now but it's i think in the next couple of weeks I'll be able to share more but it's it's kind of 
exciting how also through that network or, or kind of people that initially got me to Berlin back in those years, like how that's grown and how people are so open to helping and, and kind of if, if you want to transition even within a role, if you've come into the tech space in one role, doesn't mean that you can't move into another one and, and kind of myself orientating through something similar at the moment. It's, it's super exciting to see how like open open people are to helping and, and kind of, yeah, shifting. Um, so a lot of a lot of new for me, I guess, in the next coming weeks. Okay, well, I look forward to obviously keeping up to date with that. Um, and for others as well want, that want to connect with you, like where would be the best place for them to find you, reach out, ask questions, etc.? Um, yeah, I'm always super happy to to link up. Um, I think just LinkedIn or Twitter um, work really well. Um, so I'm, I'm sure you'll share them in the notes and people can yeah. reach out if you Perfect. want to talk about HR and general people topics in the tech space. Yeah, no, definitely. So what I'll do is I'll definitely link up your LinkedIn and your Twitter account. And um, for anybody listening that does obviously want to find out a bit more about Mia and, and what she's going to be doing. But yeah, I really look forward to, you know, catching up with you in a few weeks time Mia, and, and seeing sort of like where, where you're heading towards. I think that's going to be quite exciting. Um, but it's been an absolute pleasure, honestly, having you on it. And thank you so much for some very yeah um, thought provoking conversations that we've had today. I think I think um, there's a lot to take away from this. And yeah, it's, it's been a pleasure. It was a pleasure indeed. Let's let's catch up soon. We will.